Hey folks, this is Serving the Peace Podcast. I am your host, Brent Hardy. As always, Joshy McJoshface is joining me today. Say hi, Joshy McJoshface. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I forgot to take the hazmat suit off. Hi folks, how you doing? <laughs> That's right, we are coming to you live from quarantine. Well, maybe not live, pre-recorded from quarantine. And we got a lot to talk about, but unfortunately we don't have a lot to talk about that does not have anything to do with COVID-19. Yeah, kind of dominates the uh, news right now. Yeah, and we can't find anything else. Right? It's kind of boring. Like, seriously, we are looking hard for you folks. But I do have some silver lining news for you guys and a couple other cool stories. Stay tuned. So the first piece of news, I actually didn't tell Josh about this first. I think he's probably already seen the video, but it has nothing to do with COVID-19. But Josh, did you see the video of the mayor who forgot to turn his mic off when he dismissed himself to the bathroom? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to play that really quick. Just because it's outside the norm is really funny. It's really funny. Here we go. Disease, it probably will be at some point. Uh, my mother has fought this a, is a council member infection. Talking. I have a high school friend whose three-year-old son almost died from C. diff, and he will be dealing with the consequences of that for the rest of his life. But the thing is that these deadly infections, there's something we can do about it. Sounds and like a super what serious we can conversation. do is call on represent, uh, governmental representatives that are higher. That's right. You can hear him pee. And she loses it. As I think anyone would at that point. <laughs> and ask for action at the federal level. Um, I She's am, trying to work through it. Um, she is. You know, you got to like her Aware of Mr. Brainerd's concerns that he raised last time. And there, were, there would be instances where I actually agree that we should take action locally first. But there are not any um, KFO operations in Georgetown. So for us to just say it within the city limits would be... <laughs> She's losing it again. <laughs> Would be an empty gesture. Um, so, luckily, there's almost nobody in the audience. Yeah. And also, these diseases <laughs> don't know any boundaries. So, a state-by-state approach would just mean that the. <laughs> You know, just goes to show you that I don't care how old you are, toilet humor is funny. It never gets old. There'd be clusters of disease that would, <laughs> sorry, would go across the border. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking now and ask that you give this serious consideration and approve this. So, so what? So what? One of the things you don't hear because you can hear him peeing, but you don't hear uh, very well through this one, and you kind of have to have it in person to hear it. Is he rips a pretty good fart while he he's peeing? He does as yeah. well. Um, and you, it's hard to hear over her laughing and uh, through the video in, in of itself, but it's it's really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. The other piece <laughs> of news I wanted to touch on. Um, did you hear about the ex Florida governor candidate Andrew Gillum? No, you didn't hear about this story. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh my gosh, this is great. So <laughs> this uh, uh, <coughs> Andrew Gillum, who was whoa, a whoa, whoa. Was, what was that? What was that? Did was, you just cough? I, I did. Um, nope, I'm out. No, I'm out, no, out. no, don't pull a Trump on me. All right, all right, all right fine, fine. If fine. you don't know that reference, guys, look up the video of Trump going, I'm out and walking off stage. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty, that was epic. So this lady's talking, well, I got to talk about that for a second. So if you haven't seen the video, you got to look it up. This lady's talking about, you know, staying at home, staying quarantined, being smart. And she said over the weekend, like within like four or five days, she's like, yeah, I had a minor fever on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. I just stayed home. I didn't go nowhere. I was sick over the weekend. I didn't, you know, I didn't do nothing. And Trump was like, first, she says, like, you know, if you guys notice I wasn't here over the weekend, you first see him turn and look at the audience, like, awkwardly, like, uh. And then she says, yeah, I had a minor fever. And he literally puts his hands up. He's like, I'm out, and turns around and just walks (laughs) off stage. The look on his face was priceless. Uh, It was hilarious. All right. In Tallahassee, Florida, former Florida candidate for Governor Andrew Gillum disclosed on that he is entering a rehabilitation facility for alcohol. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. I mean, you want to no, get a hold of yourself. Good for him. Yeah. The he, problem is, he recognized he has a problem, and I don't he's getting, think alcohol help. was his problem. Oh. This was the guy 
who was found in a hotel room. Oh. Naked. Yeah. With two other naked men. Yeah. There was meth in the hotel room. Yeah. And there was also blood and feces on the sheets. Well, I mean, without getting (laughs) too deep into it, you can kind of explain the blood and feces with the two other naked men mm. and yeah i'm not gonna get too deep into that yeah so anyways he's going in the rehab good for um, him good for no you like know what you said he's uh, you know, he, he recognized he has a problem uh however i understand from a political standpoint saying that i'm going to rehab for alcohol is a lot better than i'm going into rehab for drugs sex addiction <laughs> alcohol for, uh, also just 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 be like you know what alcohol strange just alcohol. strange things that happen during uh, but but i'm i'm not going to belittle or begrudge anyone for recognizing they have a problem and going to get help so i'm no. we're better than that sir i'm not belittling i just thought the story was funny <laughs> the story the story's funny okay okay he obviously had a really good time and then realized he should not have a good time like that again yeah the story is funny <laughs> um so speaking of funny stories, and and you know what you're right, it is hard to find things that aren't coronavirus related because it seems to be dominating the news. It is. So what you do is you try to find those things, you know, the the little silver linings, the little things that make you like, okay, well that's kind of cool, uh-huh. like toilet paper cake. <gasps> yes. yes. Uh, there is, now a lot of people are actually doing this, but so this this one uh, particular bakery has kind of become uh, getting some fame for it, and he's making not just cakes. Shaped like toilet paper, <laughs> but he's got cookies with little, you know, face mad. You know the uh, the smiley face cookies. He put little mm-hmm. surgical masks on them, and you know, and I think a lot of people are doing that because they're like, hey, look, yeah, this sucks, but let's try to have at least somewhat of a sense of humor about it. And I'm really getting tired of people telling, like, telling me specifically that you're not taking this seriously. Well, first off, just because I don't think it's all doom and gloom, and I do think it's kind of all mostly hysterical, I was hysteria and bullshit. Day, oh, I, I, I'm being told this. Uh, constantly. Um, yeah, you know what? I do think a lot of this is hysteria and panic. But it doesn't mean, even though that it is, if it is serious, and yeah, it is serious. People are dying. That's awful. But it doesn't mean you can't approach it with a moniker of humor. Yeah, and I love the like the memes, the jokes, the... the you know the funny articles, the yeah. satire and stuff that comes with it. it. It all, it's all there to lighten us up. Why? Because most of us, a lot of us, are stuck at home. Yeah, we're bored. Okay, we're bored, right? And that's why a lot of us deal with stress. Yep. I deal with stress for you. Trust me, it drives my wife insane. Right? Where it's a very serious situation, and I always yeah. find that silver lining and make that joke or say this or say that, and she gives me that look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but that's how I deal with my stuff. You yeah. know, I do it through humor. Right. Yeah, I'm the same way, and you know, uh, and and don't get me wrong, I'll admit that sometimes. You know, my humor is a little, we'll say, off color uh, and sometimes inappropriate. But mostly it's me trying to make myself feel better about something. It's not really making trying to make other people feel better. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way it works. And, you know, these are kind of – these are really strange times. They are rough times. You know, people being stuck home more than, than probably they ever done, which is really funny to me because now that everyone's stuck at home, all anyone wants to do is get out. Yeah. And find an excuse. I see more people walking around the neighborhood, you know, walking their dogs, taking their kids. Dogs are loving this because they're like, man, I've taken more walks yeah. than I've ever had in my entire life with this person. The so, humans are home all yeah, the day. The humans are home all day. It's awesome. Um, but then you have people like my wife, who is a stay-at-home mom, which, by the way, hardest job in the world. I don't know how much has really changed for her other than grocery shopping, which she's supposed to be doing today, is apparently been a real bitch. Yeah. And it is, she said grocery shopping has kind of turned into an episode of Chopped. Like, know, what fine. can I make with yeah. <laughs> what can I make with soy sauce, duck eggs, and, you know, pasta? So I actually went grocery shopping yesterday, and I just kind of bought what was available at the store, right? Sure, yeah. And it was funny because they had a bunch of toilet paper at this grocery store. I was like, sweet, I'm going to grab a couple packets. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a sign that said limit one per family. Okay, mm. I understand that. Except these packets were only four rolls each. Ooh, I have a family of six kids. Right? Yeah. Okay. Up to eight individuals, three, two adults, three teenagers, and you know three littles who always little kids always use way too much toilet paper too. Way too much toilet paper. And so, I'm like, wow. I'm glad I'm not like hurting for toilet paper right now because that little four pack is not going to do me any favors at all. Sure. But yeah, I went through grocery shopping and I literally just bought, you know, what was available to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I couldn't find things like fruit snacks and, you know, stuff like that. But I did find like chips and stuff for the kids, some other snacks. I went by myself. I didn't bring the kids along with me. 
Okay, as soon as I got home, I had the Lysol spray, I had the wipes and everything, I had the the, yeah, you the hand sanitizer, you know, hand stuff like that before I brought yeah. everything in. You bathe in hand sanitizer. Yeah, and yeah I make I my you. jokes and do stuff, but no, I'm taking it seriously to a certain level. One, I don't want my kids to freak out. Yeah. Okay, especially my teenagers who are like on social media and they're seeing the stuff and they're seeing oh how people God, social media. Yeah, and they're seeing all this stuff, and so I, I don't want them to freak out. And so when all this began to start, we actually had the powwow with my family, saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. look, things are about to change for us." Okay, schools are. This was before the schools are shut down, but now their schools are shut down. I said, "Now these things are looking at the horizon. I don't want you guys to freak out. We're going to take some basic universal precautions. We're going to wash our hands. You know, we're going to do this and that. You know, we're going to limit where we go and stuff like that and things like that." Which is a total change in tone because when all this first started, I was telling people, "Don't stop shopping." Yeah. You know, I was telling people that. I said, don't stop going to the stores. Well, now they went ahead and shut down a lot of these businesses and mm-hmm. shut down a lot of these non-essential businesses. So now we don't have a choice. Yeah. They're starting to shut down gun stores, and I got a problem with that. Yeah. And uh, that's probably yeah. a next week episode. I mean, we can do a whole episode on why that's wrong. Yeah. But what's funny about that, though, and touching on that really quickly, did you hear about all the liberals who are upset they can't buy guns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some liberals, I guess, were upset that they couldn't buy guns online. Yeah. They couldn't capitalize on all the things they thought were true about guns. Yeah. Yeah. There you was know? a uh, there, there's no gun show loophole. So I actually there's, there's did none of that. I actually did have a friend of mine uh who called me and he said, Hey, uh what's going on? I just tried to walk in and buy a gun and they said I had to wait fourteen days to get it. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. this guy he, he he is a friend of mine, but he is very liberal. Uh and I was like, Yeah, dude, that's pretty much always been the way it is. He goes, No, what about that the uh the, the all the loopholes and I was like, dude, that's all that's all bullshit. It doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. There is no gun show. Loophole. You gotta do you gotta do a background check, and right now background checks are taking longer than uh, than they ever taken. Uh, I read an article recently that gun purchase uh, background checks for gun purchases have gone up three hundred percent, and the DOJ is like, hey, uh, we actually really can't handle this because we sent most people home, so yeah. things are taking a lot longer than they normally do. So that fourteen day waiting period is actually being extended. Um, just because it's taking that long to get the, uh, the background check back. But he was like, yeah, wait a minute. I thought you could just walk in and like walk out and maybe like get it the next day. And I'm not like, no, state. dude, this is California. Yeah. That has never been the it's case. Not, yeah. It's not. It's so same it, thing with gun shows. Like I can go yeah. to a gun show and say, Hey, I like that gun. I have to link up with the shop 10 days later. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Like I have to fill out the paperwork right there and then give them their money. And then wherever that shop is. So if, if his shop, if I like that gun and his shop is three hours away in 10 days or 14 days or whatever, I got to go drive down there. It's actually 11. I don't know why I keep seeing 14. Yeah. Uh, I got to go drive down there and go pick it up. Yeah. You know? And so there is no gun show loophole. Yeah. So now that loophole that people keep talking about where you could just buy guns. Yeah. That's illegal. That's, yeah. That's when that's, someone shoulder taps you. You walk out to the parking lot, you hand them cash and they throw it in your trunk. That's not a loophole. Yeah. That's yeah, a that's, crime. That's a crime. <laughs> and DOJ likes to sit there and stake out parking lots and all sorts of crap trying to bust yes, people. Yes, they do. I have an interesting story about that. Actually. Yeah. Well, again, that's probably another show. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But no, so it, it is kind of funny because you're seeing a lot of um, people's uh, myths about stuff like that being destroyed. So that's uh, that's pretty funny. And a lot of people waking up because like we talked about the panic buying and stuff, face it, if you don't yeah. have the ability to defend yourself and your family, you're hoarding all that stuff for somebody else. Yeah. Well, so I started all that to say that my wife finally found a gun that she wants. And mm-hmm. I started calling around to see if anybody had one. And they're like, handguns? No, dude. <laughs> we don't have any. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, no, we're, we're, they're, they're gone. You got to order like, holy it. Holy crap. Yeah, you got to order it. And the sucky thing about ordering it is you could you order it, you pay for it, your background check still doesn't start. Yeah. Your waiting period doesn't start till it actually gets in the shop. Yeah, yeah. So that's if it true. takes a month to get to the shop, yep. you still gotta wait another ten days for it. Yeah, because they can't start it until they have the physical yeah. serial number of the gun you got. All right, let's take a quick break. So what I'm saying is, is uh, if anybody out there has got a line on a really on a good deal on a six-hour P238 HD, uh, give us an email. <laughs> give us a shout-out because I'm looking for one. DTP at USA.com. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, in the beginning of this, I said uh, there's some silver lining stories I wanted to touch on. Yes. I'm going to touch on one. James Dyson, all right? Have you guys ever heard of the Dyson ball, the vacuum yeah. stuff? Vacuum. Uh, designed a new ventilator in 10 days, and he's making 15000 for the pandemic fight. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so these ventilators, the hospitals are running out of ventilators. Yeah, Elon and, Musk just bought a whole bunch of them, and he's giving them to hospitals. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving, I'm getting to that point, too. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. So Dyson basically got some. I think this was a British company, and um, what's his name? Borges or whatever? Like, they got a new British prime minister. Yeah, I don't know his Called name, him right? up and said, hey, can you do and Yeah, he's like, yeah, I can yeah. do it. In 10 days, they had a new design out. 
like within ten days. That's yeah. That's freaking round the clock. Well, going no, that, and that's awesome. You know, and one of the things about when you have these big disasters <laughs> and uh, health crises like this, where you're running out of certain types of machines, you're gonna have innovations. You're gonna have people who the kind of people who design this kind of stuff. They're gonna work on it, and they're gonna come out with new, better, faster ways of doing things. So that's kind of a cool thing. It's it's a, it's a neat thing to watch. Yeah. Did I? I don't know if I talked about it last time. Did I tell you about the valves in Italy? I thought everybody in Italy was already dead. Well, Italy is pretty much dying. Um, and that's, no, that's socialized medicine for you, right? It's getting overwhelmed really fast. Oh, okay? yeah. So, And on top of that, it got so bad that they pretty much said we're not treating the elderly anymore. Yeah, anybody is, over 60, you're on your own. Yeah, so they're basically not treating the elderly anymore. They don't see them mm-hmm. as people anymore. And they're not seeing them savable, yeah. right? So well, they say we're not going to waste our resources. That's why their death toll is so high because they're yes. not treating the elderly. Well, and that's – okay. So that's the thing about socialized medicine. Socialized medicine prioritizes, hey, you're a productive – you can't see my air quotes – productive member of society because you're in your 20s. We're going to help you. Ooh, you're 65 and you're not really going to be doing anything for us. Yeah, you're kind of on your own, buddy. Yeah. That's what socialized medicine is. Yeah. And if you don't think something like that can happen in, again, air quotes, civilized countries – Italy, it's, China, it was happening there. It is happening there. It's death panels. I think it's do, okay. they're doing it in Israel too. Yeah, death panels are not something that um, – it's not some big right-wing conspiracy. They really do this stuff. Yeah. They prioritize. Is this person worth spending money on Absolutely. or not? That's okay. what socialized medicine is, people. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Dyson built these. Well, this is a, the, what I love about ingenuity and stuff like that. When you just get out of the way, when there is a need and you, yes. the government just gets out of the way, people will fill that need. And I have another story touching that. But basically, he, he designed his ventilator in 10 days. In Italy, they actually have – they had a problem with their ventilators because a ventilator is a big machine that you can use for different patients. But there's mm-hmm. parts of the machine you have to recycle, okay? You can't just clean them. And one of them was a special valve. Yeah. They ran out of these valves, Ooh. right? And so a guy in a locally who happened to have a 3D printer ah. came up and said, I can print these for you. And so he started printing them and giving them to the hospital. Cool. You know, just pay for the material. I don't care. I'm trying to help my neighbors and my yeah, people here, absolutely. right? So he starts printing them. The company that makes those valves was so pissed off that the hospital was using these valves, <laughs> they refused to give up any design or anything like that. He had designed it from scratch. Ugh. Okay, they designed to help out, and they're threatening to sue the hospitals and stuff because of union and socialism and all those. Yeah, they threw his big fit about it, and they're like, "Look, we don't care about the politics right now. We don't care about unions. Yeah, we're just trying to save crap. people's lives. We're trying to save people's lives. I don't care. Here's oh some valves. We're using them. So, anyways, um, Dyson. Boom, stepped up to the plate. They got a phone call from British Prime Minister. We need to help with these ventilators. We need more. I need 10,000 of them right now. Mm-hmm. Boom, 10 days, he came up with the design. It's a vacuum company, so they already have the vacuum pumps, sure. the valves, the pipes, the materials already available to them. It's just, hey, yeah. let's shift this around and let's make it into a ventilator for hospitals. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ford. <laughs> you now have Hoover ventilators. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. But they're not the only ones doing it, and that's the part I'm trying to get to. Uh, I'm trying to get down to the bottom of this. Where is it? 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 In this article. Oh, uh, Ford. Which Ford's done this in the past, right? They've been really good about meeting needs. They don't just build oh, cars. Yeah. Okay, and World War II, right? Willys came up with a Jeep design that they said, we're going to use this for the war. Mm-hmm. Willys was a small motor company. They couldn't keep up. Ford, boom, stepped right up and said, we'll take their design and we'll also build it. Yeah. Okay, and that's what Ford did. I mean, they, they, they saw a need. They met it, right? Ford has a history of doing this. Ford, America. GE, right, your General Electric and stuff like that, they build ventilators. They also build a lot of other stuff for hospitals too, so that's right mm-hmm. up their alley. Uh, GM stepped up and Tesla, as you mentioned, has all stepped yep. up and they're all building and designing ventilators and they're pumping them out for freaking cheap. And they just said, nope, it's not necessarily a business opportunity for them. It's an opportunity no. to say, hey, there's a need. We have the manufacturing ability to do it. Let's bump yeah, absolutely. these out. You know what? I, and and here's, here's a very good point to make people. Pay attention to large corporations and what they're doing, what they're doing during this crisis, during the, this, this, yeah, well, crisis is the best word I can think of it because that's going to show you the for lack of a better term, soul of that company. Yeah, um, it's going to show you who to support. When yeah, it's all exactly. Done. When it's when it's all said and done, and everything kind of goes back to normal, and you get to start really deciding where you spend your money, this can help you. It's like, am I going to spend my money with one of these soulless corporations who was not only not doing anything, but was capitalizing and just trying to make a buck off of people, you know, suffering and dying, or am I going to go to these companies who stepped out of their own way and said, "Hey, you know what?" We're gonna help right now. This is this is a big deal. We're gonna uh, do what we can to help people, and not just for stuff like that too. Look at the companies who are. Hey, you know what? We gotta we gotta send people home, but we're still gonna pay you. Yeah. Um, got a story about that. Texas Roadhouse. 
Yes, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, they're great. My business when all this is said Absolutely. and Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I don't typically like them, not their food. It's just yeah. because of the, the ambiance. It's loud. There's a lot of people in there, you know? So yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't usually like that, but I, guess what? They're going to get my business. Why? They do to go, you know. The CEO, yeah. The CEO basically said, hey, look, I understand not everyone's working. A lot of people that are working have lost a lot of income because you're not getting those tips and stuff like that. Yeah. Boom. He suspended his own income. Mm-hmm. And is donating it to his own company to help pay for those people that are suddenly losing income and stuff. My brother-in-law got fired. Okay. Uh, a week ago. Wow, that took yeah. silver lining and just totally right? crushed yeah. us all. But this is this is what I'm talking about. Look at these companies, and you know, it actually, it sucks. I don't know what company he worked for. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, he's a brother-in-law. That's forgivable. Yeah, it's a brother-in-law. So, but he got fired. He got he got fired and was told, "Hey, uh, when all this is over, you can reapply, and if we need you, we'll go ahead and rehire you." Ouch. So what happened was was the uh, the company he was working for got bought by another company. And that was, you know, one of those things that was in the works, you know, it was going to happen anyway. So it comes in, they're in this big meeting, and this is my sister telling me the story. Uh, They're in this meeting, and they're talking about benefits packages, and people, you know, and uh, don't, you know, they're, they're, whoever's on the phone, you know, some big wig from corporate's like, hey, don't worry, your benefits are still going to be active. And one of the people who uh, worked in the store before the buyout and is, you know, being grandfathered in, or so they thought, Ask the question, hey, you know, we just started with the company. Our benefits haven't been activated yet. Um, how is that going to affect us? Is, is our stuff still going to, you know, go through? And she, she said it just went dead silent. And the person on the phone was like, uh, uh, well, uh, we're, uh, I, I, I didn't know you were there. We're, we're going to have to talk off this conference call. Apparently... They thought that all the former employees had already been told they were being let go. They weren't even supposed to be in that meeting. Oof. Yeah. So then afterwards, they were all told, oh, yeah, yeah, you're all laid off. They were fired. You know, however you want to look at it. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Which is a really shitty thing to do. Now, obviously, this is a personal thing, but my sister just had a baby in January. Not a great time to lose your job. No. Uh, And that's unfortunate. But you know what? Um you know what? Here's the thing, and I don't know what he does for a living. I don't know what his skills are and stuff like that. History has shown for a lot of people that get laid off in those crappy situations. Yes, there's a crappy overlap where they need some help, but they usually come out of it better. They that's, usually find and that's something true, better, and that's you know what, what I told them. And so they usually end up like, for example, I got in the law enforcement because I got laid off from construction. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was my big motivator to say, hey, look, I got I to gotta actually do this now because you know, they're, they're, I'm not going to get a break. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to do this. So while I was on unemployment – I was actually going through the police academy, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's what you do, and, and I wish the best for them. Um, uh, but also, too, there's a stimulus package coming. I was going to say we, we're going to have to talk about that, right? Yeah, we have to talk about that. And so, actually, NBC has a great article. I'm going to talk about one more thing. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to jump into that because NBC has a great article where they list out the questions and mm-hmm. the answers for them. And I'm going to go over that with you guys for a second. The last story I want to cover, the silver lining story, is a student creates network of shoppers for elderly during COVID-19 outbreak. This was a college student who, um, essentially, here, let me just read it to you. Amidst the desperate crowd searching for groceries and clearing supermarket shelves during the COVID-19 pandemic, there are a few who are shopping with a different purpose. To help those who cannot shop for themselves anymore, these are the people like Jade Powell, a shopping angel. According to CNN, the honor student from the University of Nevada, Reno, got the idea from her mother. She said that her mother told her to check on their elderly neighbors, which I've been doing too, uh, check on their other neighbors to see if they needed anything, right? So I've been, I've already kind of started doing this as well with my wife. Hey, every time you go shopping, there's a couple of elderly people we know that live in the area. Reach mm-hmm. out to them, ask them if they need yeah. anything. You know what I'm saying? And Makes I sense. told my parents, my parents are in their 60s. I said, hey, don't go fight the crowds. Don't go do all that crap. If right. you guys absolutely need something. And my parents have a big chest freezer. They got plenty of stuff. You know, they're kind of like me where they kind of had everything prepared, ready to go. They got stuff on the property they can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, they're, they're actually doing pretty good. But I told them, hey, if you absolutely need something, let us know first before you go fighting the crowds and stuff yeah. like that. And let's see if we can get it to you. Um, uh, she said that her mother told her to check on the elderly neighbors to see if they needed anything. This gave her the idea to organize a volunteer organization helping the elderly during the time of pandemic. It also helped that she that she was a pre-med student. I don't Powell, know why that would help. She understands what's going on, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Powell, <laughs> why does that help? <laughs> Powell also said that she knew uh, uh, older people have underlying medical conditions that can grow sure. even riskier when saddled with the virus. That's why she started shopping angels in, in by initially enlisting members from her uh, Phi Delta Epsilon, whatever fraternity. It's her fraternity in um, medical school. Isn't that technically a sorority? I guess. I don't know. I mean, if it's a she. I I don't know. I don't understand how all that stuff works. Yeah. I I didn't go to college. 
Okay, check uh, your privilege. <laughs> the movement grew through word of mouth on social media, but she uh, credited CNN's affiliate for putting the word out the, uh, about the group. Other people have begun to notice the kindness Powell has been spreading around. According to Deseret News about the shopping angels have begun to circulate on the internet, even if people are not interested in joining the, the work the group had uh, had done so far <clears throat> made them uh, realize their own self selfishness. What? The, I don't know. I can't read. Uh, anyway, so anyway, she started this whole network. It's become a nationwide thing where they basically networking shopping angels is what they call themselves. And you can reach out. If you're elderly, you can reach out to this group, and they will find someone in your area that can go and do the shopping for you. Uh-huh. Um, just one of those, what I think is one of those great miracles where people kind of show their true colors in times of crisis like that. And I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's a med student. She's pre-med. She has plenty of other stuff on her plate besides oh, sure. doing this. And boom, she she took the time to do this to step up and to really yeah. help people, not just in her area and her community, but the network with other people to help them all. And I think it's great when you see these people, uh, people like that coming together and like, hey, you know, we, we have this segment of people who, yeah, things are difficult <laughs> for them. They're harder for them because they are elderly. They can't get out. And people are crazy and they shouldn't have to deal with that. So, yes, let's get together and help them. I, I think that's great. Um, I 100% support that. And, you know, I think I, I just think it's, it's amazing. And you're right. You get to see what people really are like on the inside during times of crisis. Exactly. This is Disturbing the Peace podcast with Brent and Josh and someone they tricked to come on with them. All right, moving on. So NBC put out a great article. Um, let's see. As of March 26th. And I only say that because information keeps changing, like, real quickly. Oh, like every 20 minutes. Like every 20 minutes, something changes. So, um, But they put out a great article where they basically ask the questions and they give you a quick, short answer. So it's an easy read. But it's talking about... Um, coronavirus checks, direct deposits are coming. Here's everything you need to know. First question, how much will I get? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's kind of the big one. Yeah, well, that depends on how much you make. If you made less than $75,000 in 2019, so they're going based off your tax return filing, mm-hmm. you will be eligible for the full payment of $1,200. Couples who filed jointly and made less than $150,000 will get $2,400. An individual who filed as head of household and earned $112,000 or less will get $1,200. Uh, for every child in the household, you will receive an additional $500. Under the age of 17. I believe it was 16. Ah, uh, no. I, what I saw was 17. So, okay, so 16 well, yeah, and under. So, so 16 and under, okay. yes. All right. If you made more than $75,000, your payment will be reduced to by $5 for every $100 of income that exceeded the limits. Which is a weird number, by the way. Yeah, that is. $5 for every $100? So if you made $80,000 in 2019, you will receive $950. The payment decreases to zero for an individual making $99,000 or more, <coughs> a couple making $198,000 or more. When is the money coming? Okay, that's the next question. Treasury Secretary Stephen McNuchin, uh, it's in... M-N-U-C-H-I-N. I don't know how he says that. Nuchin? Munchin? Munchin? I don't know. I don't know either. Said Wednesday the checks will be sent out within three weeks. Okay, so we're looking at mid-April. Okay, next question. Will there be multiple payments? <clears throat> no. This legislation only authorizes one-time payments. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi suggested to, on CNN that Congress <laughs> could revisit the issue. We think we'll get more direct payments in another bill. Okay. I'm okay. Here's the thing. I'm being a conservative libertarian, whatever you want to call me. I, I usually I call you Brent. <laughs> I'm usually not a big fan of stimulus packages, bailouts, that kind of crap. Yeah. As long as they have a deadline. Yes. Okay. The problem I was always fearing with this is stuff like the um, uh, what was it? the Homeland Security Act? No. What was that one that Bush passed? The oh um. Shit, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so... But there was no end date. There was no end date. So I don't like programs. Yeah, that's my point. I don't like programs that don't end, right? Because they go on forever. And mm-hmm. if any politician in the future says, hey, this is an expensive program, we don't need it anymore, boom, he's instantly tore up by the opposite side. How dare you not help these people? How dare you not do this? How dare you not do that? Okay, okay. FEMA is in billions of dollars of debt because of programs of, of um, national emergencies that just opened up a bunch of funding and they have to keep paying out for these programs that will never go away. As long as they have an end date, as long as it's saying, hey, this is just a one-time thing or whatever, we should be good. I'm, I'm okay with these types of things, mostly because this is an act of God. This is not something anybody saw coming, okay? Or at least they didn't see coming in the last six months. 
but it's not something that anybody saw coming. And so I'm okay with the fact that there are a lot of people who just can't work right now or aren't working. A lot of businesses that are just going to cripple and fall apart, which means jobs lost. And I'm okay with these kind of things, but they have to be to the point. They actually have to help the people that matter. Yes. Okay. And yeah, and that's where I'm at with it. Like, I I don't necessarily like these programs, but I understand this is one of those weird exceptions where I'm like, okay, I'll I'll probably be okay with something like this. Yeah. I've had the conversation a couple of times because, you know, uh, and again, like yourself, I'm much more conservative than anything else, but people are like, oh, this is just socialism. Well, no, this isn't, this isn't socialism. Okay. That drives me insane when people say that. I get what you're saying as far as, okay, well, the people who don't really work, don't really pay taxes, they're going to get money too. Okay. So giving them money, technically, yeah, I guess would kind of border on the socialism. However, I pay taxes. So giving me money, you're giving me my own money back. Yeah, this is my money. This isn't this isn't the government giving me money. This is the government giving back my money. I'll tell you right now, if, if you're a socialist or a liberal and you're like, ah, look at you guys all like socialism now. Uh, this is not socialism. No, this is not okay, socialism. If someone who has, I, I mean, I, I work for government, right? I'm a cop. People are like, oh well, how come you're okay with socialism because you have a government job? No, that's not what socialism is. <laughs> socialism is the doctrine of collectivism. Yes. Okay, that means they either socialism is when government regulates and overregulates everything and they control every mm-hmm. aspect of every business, of every aspect of the economy and everything else, which is why it falls apart. You cannot centralize those things. Right? The economy is a living, breathing creature you cannot control. You have to just make little yeah. adjustments here and there and you have to go with the flow. And it's the government also dictating what you can buy, what you, where you spend your money. Yeah, and who makes what, what. Yeah, and, and what products you have to have. And when it fails, it turns into communism because like, oh, well, it only failed because we didn't do enough. Right. And so then they just and that's when the government that's yeah. when you don't have individuals who own businesses that are heavily regulated anymore. Just the government owns that business. Yep. You know, so was, that's that, it's a big difference between getting a stimulus check because we have a capitalist economy that's so rich that they can afford to do it versus, hey, this is socialism and, and they're just giving us free crap. OK, that's really not what socialism is. No, I always ask the question to anybody who uh, supports socialism. It's like, OK, so you 100 percent trust the government. <laughs> no. Then why in God's name would you want to have them hand them more power yeah. over your life? I, That's what socialism is. Socialism is the government dictating pretty much every more aspects of your life. If you don't trust the government, I don't trust the government. If you don't trust the government, why in God's name would you want to hand them more power over your life? Yeah. All right. So getting back to the article. Yeah. Uh, next question. Where do I sign up? You don't. You There's don't. no sign up. The payments will be automatically yeah. for people who have filed a tax return or gotten Social Security benefits recently. Okay, uh, next, and I believe if you have direct deposit, you actually should get your money a little faster. Yeah, and the IRS asked people to not call with questions, <laughs> but to keep checking this website, and they actually have a link uh, where they will uh, post updates about the program once yeah. they are available. Next question: How will how will the money be sent if you got in a tax return in the last two years by direct deposit? That's where that's where your money will be. It'll, it'll just drop. If not, the IRS can mail a check to your last known address. So if you haven't updated yourself, if you haven't filed your tax return, get on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, how does the government calculate how much I earned? Have you filed your taxes for 2019 already? If so, the checks will automatically be based on your 2019 return. Okay, like for me, uh, I have four kids in my house. I technically, um, I claim four my taxes, but I actually have a fifth kid I wasn't able to claim because he's in foster care and I didn't have him for more than six months. Uh, so mine's going to be based off my 2019 return. So there's one kid I'm not going to get 500 bucks for, but I'm still going to get 500 bucks for four kids. Okay, that's still a nice little chunk of change. Sure, yeah. Okay, and we might do something really cool with that later. I don't know. Probably something with the kids because that's technically in their money. I'm not going to just squander it on my own. But anyways, moving on. Oh, I didn't really think about that. Now I feel sh- selfish because I'm <laughs> I'm taking all that money and I'm I'm buying guns no. <laughs> when when I can. Well, here's the thing though. If you have debt, like if you've been using a credit card to get by, pay off your credit yeah, card. Yeah, that's right. That's how you yeah. help your banks, right? Give them, give them the money you owe them and stuff like that. So can I mean. We- can we talk about the banks well, for just a minute? The article okay, fine, 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 fine. Sorry, the sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, next question. I'm on Social Security or don't make enough to file a tax return. Will I get a check? Yes, even if you don't file a tax return mm-hmm. for 2018 or 2019 or pay taxes in those years, you will be eligible to receive a form, SSA 102999, for the year 2019. That's a form that the Social Security Administration sends each year to people who receive Social Security benefits, including retirement and disability. So you'll still get a check, all right? Because this is a stimulus, right? They want to give everyone money to go out and freaking spend it. Uh, I'm a disabled vet, but don't pay taxes. Do I qualify? Yes, obviously. I'm a college student. Do I get a check? If your parents claim you as a dependent on their taxes, you're ineligible. But if you've been working and filing taxes independently in recent years, you may qualify. That makes sense to me. No, no, I totally get that. Okay. Uh, Question, I made too much money in 2019 to qualify. 
but now I've been laid off. Am I out of luck? Not necessarily, but you'll have to wait. So there's more plans and stuff coming down yeah. the line for people who are in those situations. If you made too much money to qualify in your last tax filing, you probably won't be eligible for the cash benefit immediately, but you can apply for it when you file your 2020 tax return. If you in if your income drops below um, uh, below $99,000, sorry, they had a typo in here, it threw me off, drops below $99,000 threshold uh, for individuals, okay? Uh, the IRS is expected to create a system to ensure help for people who fall into this category, right? So it's it's not the end of the road. You're just not going to get it in April like everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not an American citizen. Do I qualify? Yes. <laughs> oh, as long that as, one pisses me off. Yes, as long as you're living and working in the U.S. Okay, if you're working okay, with work, valid, all right, fine, yeah, fine, yeah, fine. If you're working with a valid Social Security number. Um, that includes green card holders and generally includes, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, but okay. see, now that's different than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's different than not being a legal resident. Yeah, yeah, But it generally... Because technically you're a legal resident, okay? Yeah. You're not a citizen, but you're a legal resident. But it generally excludes visitors and people who are in the U.S. illegally. There okay? we go. Okay, I'm good with that. Are the cash payments taxable? No. Ah, that that's was a big question. awesome, right? Yeah, that's a big like question. you like you have a lot of kids who are actually looking at a little chunk of change there? Right. Okay, that I mean, two thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, that kind of stuff. That could really make the difference between one tax bracket and another. So that's Definitely. one thing I worry about. Uh, I live in Puerto Rico and another U.S. territory. Is that a problem? Not at all. No, uh, shouldn't be. What if I'm homeless or recently got out of prison? Will I will I get help? As long as you have a social security number, you should be eligible to apply for the relief payments under the new system created by the IRS. Keep in mind their last updated uh, uh -huh. address is important, right? They got to know where to send the money to. I, all right, so yeah, if you're Trying to send money to your baby mama, she's going to squander that. No, that doesn't. You know what? That does uh, spark a question about people who are like currently serving sentences in jails and prison. Because <laughs> is it all going gonna, on their books? Uh, like, yeah, is dude's it going on their have, books? Uh, like, gonna are they going to send the jail? <laughs> like, are we going to get an influx of checks from the government? I don't know, man. Because that's know. a problem. Twelve hundred dollars worth a cup of noodles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of ramen. Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah, uh, I owe back taxes. Will the IRS snatch my check? Mm, that's Ooh. a great video. That's a great question. Uh, the bill does not exclude you from getting a payment if you owe past due taxes. That said, the IRS has yet to set up a new system. Okay, so you can still get a check. Um, the IRS is awful. Yeah, in a way. Let's see if there's in a lot of ways the IRS is awful. Nope, that was it. That was the last question. Okay, so here's a couple other things uh, about uh, not particularly the payments, but uh, other things that were involved with that stimulus package. Um, and uh, other things that are happening. So if you haven't got your real ID, the deadline for the real ID is being pushed back. Oh, Yeah, really? the deadline was originally, well, originally it was like January 2020. Then they pushed it back to October of 2020. Uh, now it's being pushed back again um, till at least September of 2021. It's being pushed back at this point. Now, is that for flying and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, that's for the real ID. So okay. you use that on airline flights. And now, I know, we had now eventually, eventually, it's also for ammo and gun purchases. So if you don't have a real ID, you won't be able to purchase firearms. You won't be able to purchase ammunition. You know what I wish they did? Retinal scanning? No, but no, I wish brother. in California, because I grant that they want to do a background check. They want to do a waiting period. They want to do all that crap. I wish we could just get a buyer's card. You know what I'm saying? Where you just get a card. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, hey, look, I did my background check. I did all my stuff. And so, the card gets swiped when you purchase a firearm. And okay. It'll, it'll clear. If you get some sort of criminal charge or your rights are suspended for another reason, like maybe a, a – Restraining whatever it is, something yeah. like that. Boom! You swipe that card; it doesn't go through. Yeah, you know I what get, I'm saying. So, I get like, what you're and just have it so it's like I don't have to do a background because here's like I'm already a gun owner and I work in law enforcement. Why the heck okay. do I have to submit to a background? You segued check? into something interesting, sir. I did, but it was just it was just just an did. idea I had no, no, that no, I felt no. like it would satisfy both sides. Are you familiar with HR 5717? No. Okay. HR 5717 uh, was introduced uh, in January of this year. Is it that is a federal bill or a state bill? Federal. Okay. Uh, it was introduced by the Democrats. Shocker. What it wants to create, and it's it's still going through, um, hopefully it's going to die a horrific death, um, because it wants to create a federal license in order to purchase, uh, not only purchase firearms, own firearms. If you own firearms currently, you have to have this federal license in order to own the firearms you currently own. In order to go to a gun range and use these firearms in any way, shape, or form, Ew, in order to like purchase fire, yeah, and and purchase ammunition, I have a serious problem with this. Um, I think it's wrong. Well, my card idea th it does have an issue because you would have a, a basically a document because I don't right? like gun registration. And you would have a database of you would gun have a database. Owners. Yeah, I have a problem. Okay, with that. but a database of gun owners wouldn't say what you had. Mm -hmm. 
It's just a way to get around the system. Uh, look into H.R. 5717, folks. Uh, read it for yourself. It's dangerous. It's uh, infringing on Second Amendment rights in a major way. Uh, I don't like it. Um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. And, uh, yeah, do, do the research, people. Uh, so a couple other things that are coming out. Um, unemployment. Okay, so there's uh, massive unemployment boosts uh, for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and I can say that forever. Uh, unemployment only paid you, I think it was a maximum of $400 per week while you're on unemployment. And that, of course, is based on your actual income. Um, but the max was $400. Yeah. That amount is being raised. Okay. Now, I don't know if this is temporary. I'm pretty sure this is temporary. So my understanding is it's you being... You know what? Side note, that has been forever because about 10 years ago, I was on unemployment yeah. when I was going through the police academy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was getting. I was getting $415 yeah. a week. Uh, I was on unemployment about 15 years ago, and I was getting $400 a week. Wow. And having child support taken out of that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I ended up making less than my rent. Uh, and, you know, what? there's a whole big story involved with that, but yeah, I'll get okay. into it in a minute. Anyway, so um, so that is being raised, and uh, the federal government would give jobless workers an extra $600 a week for four months. That's on top of whatever your benefit is currently. So if you're getting the max, which is, uh, my understanding, is still $400, it would be an additional up to $600 on top of that. So you could be getting as much as $1,200 a week. Okay. Which, yeah, that's not, I mean, if you're making, you know, five grand a month and suddenly you're on unemployment. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you go over that calculation again? How do you get the extra 600 bucks? Uh, it's part of the um, oh, application the process. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is part of what was in uh, all the things that are going on. Um, now, this is state. This part is state, actually. California. Yeah. This is yeah. all state stuff. But I, it's, it Well, I was just, I was it just connects questioning to all it because that. when I was making unemployment, I, I started doing the math on it because I was looking for another job. Oh, right? I'm sorry. No, was... I'm, I'm sorry. The, the $600 a week is part of the federal government's plan. Okay. So that'll go on top of the state benefit, which is up to $400. Okay. So you'll be kind of double dipping, which is fine because it's going to help you out a lot. Um, and also they're going to add because uh, right now I think you can only get unemployment for 28 weeks total, like up to the maximum of 28 weeks. They're going to add 13 weeks to that. Okay. So it, you can get it. You can collect for longer. Again, also a good thing. Um, within the stimulus package, so this is one that I actually really like too. One of the things that, and this was a big ar- arguing point. Um, now, of course, the the way it's being touted out in the media is there was a specific language that excludes Trump's businesses from getting any money. No, that's not what, it's, that's true and not true. They're making it about Trump, but it's not about Trump. It's actually... Any federally elected official and their immediate relatives, none of them, any businesses that they own, if they are a 20% stakeholder in any business, they cannot collect any money that is part of this uh, overall stimulus package for, uh, for lack of a better term, bailing out companies. Wait, that's in the current stimulus that package? That is in the stimulus package. I like that. I do like I'm I'm a big fan of I'm that. I'm okay with that. That's, I'm that sounds totally like Ron okay Paul wrote it. That, right? So the Democrats <laughs> wanted that, and they wanted it very specifically because of Trump. I'm but okay with that. in of itself, I think they actually did it to themselves because most of them all own businesses or their kids own businesses. And the way it's worded is, is oh, no, no, no. It is, uh, let's see, um, the uh, it, la, 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 la. businesses that are owned or partly owned by the president, vice president, head of an executive department, member of Congress, and the spouse, child, son-in-law, daughter-in-law will be barred. The provision applies to anyone with 20% or greater stake in a business. So if you own at least 20% of the business and you are even the son-in-law of uh, a piece of shit. I'm sorry, man, Nancy Pelosi. uh, You can't collect any money. You cannot get it. And and I'm totally okay with it. I actually think that's a good thing to put in there. You know what? What it does is it eliminates any conflict of interest. Because we're all freaking millionaires anyway. Yeah, it eliminates conflict of interest. All right, let's take one more break. I want to go over one more story, which we saw coming, and uh, then we'll wrap this up. Show enough. Hey, folks, do me a huge favor and rate this podcast on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. It helps us reach a higher audience. It helps us reach out to those people who may also enjoy this podcast. Also, like it, subscribe to it if you haven't subscribed yet, and be sure to share it with your friends and family. Okay, something I saw coming, and other people had already speculated this as well, and I'm not surprised that it's happened. The U.S. now has the highest number of coronavirus cases in the world. Why? Oh, well, that's easy. The test kits. Yeah, the test kits. They made a big stink about these test kits. Yeah. Right? They made a they, they made a big fuss about it. The, mm-hmm. they, the manufacturing companies, the government, they threw a bunch of money at it. 
boom, they got these test kits out there. And now that people are actually able to accurately and more efficiently get tested for and coronavirus, faster. the numbers of confirmed cases shot through the roof. Of course, we're testing more people. Yeah. And so it, it does, I mean, for people who study pandemics and how these stuff spread, it's very interesting numbers. But just because we suddenly shot through the roof does not think, mean anything has changed. Nope. Okay. It just means we confirmed more cases. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to leave a quick message with you guys really quick. If you're a first responder, a nurse, a doctor, anybody who's on the front lines of this stuff, a truck driver, um, people who have to stay open because you're considered essential, like gas stations, all that kind of stuff, thank you. All right. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the work you're putting out in there. Take care of yourself. Wear gloves. Wear masks. Wear uh, wear all your proper uh, personal protective equipment. Okay. If you're a first responder, um, a correctional officer, whatever, and they say, hey, you have to wear this stupid Tyvek suit or whatever it is. Put on the stupid suit. Okay, I know you look ridiculous about it. Your, your coworkers might take pictures of you and stuff and make fun of you years down the road. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, but just do it anyways, okay? Absolutely. This is a very new thing for many agencies. Nobody knows what to do. Nope. And a lot of them are being reactive as opposed to being proactive. I understand it. I don't blame them for that. It is a hard situation to deal with. Okay, so be patient with your, your chiefs, your administrators, your bosses, your managers, all these people. Nobody really knows what to do. And just when someone makes a decision, somebody above them makes a different decision and just undoes everything they did. Okay, it's hard to deal with. Okay, if you're in those management positions, I salute you. You're making tough decisions every single day. Um, stick to it. Just stick to the protocols. Wash your hands. Add a few things here and there. Sometimes you're doing stuff just to make people feel better, make them feel like you care for your employees, and and by all means, make your employees feel like you care about them, whether you actually do or whether you actually know what you're doing or not. Handing out masks, even though the masks may be absolutely useless, um, at least it makes them feel like you care about them. Okay, setting up uh, hand sanitizer stations, that kind of stuff, it makes them feel like you care about them. Mm -hmm. Okay, my, my agency's been really good about get, providing us cleaning material. As soon as I get in my patrol car, I have Lysol spray, I have wipes, I have all this stuff. I can clean out my patrol car really good. Uh, they issued us masks. We, we always had gloves and stuff like that. You know, and again, sometimes they're being reactive as opposed to proactive. I understand it. It's a tough situation. Nobody really has ever dealt with this before. Um, and all the history of whenever, right? I mean, nobody's. I mean, when's the last time we ever had a pandemic? H one N one, H one N one, H one N one. Which did was, they consider that a pandemic? That was absolutely labeled, but a pandemic. nobody had all this. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Because uh, I was thinking like the flu of 1918. Oh, you're talking about like the Spanish flu? Uh, yeah, I'm talking. No, about no, one third of the world no, got wiped uh, out. H one N one was uh, no. See, pandemic isn't necessarily has anything to do with death toll. It has to do with uh, infectious rate and, and the okay. spread. So H one N one was absolutely a pandemic, and this was what Obama era. Um, it was deadlier than this. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't quite have the infectious rate. It didn't spread as fast. Yeah. But it was labeled a pandemic. And we absolutely didn't close down the freaking world over it, people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm a little... Uh, I know. I know. Look, I, you know I, what? I, I, I can do I, a lot I about still think I still think a lot of this is hysteria and panic. It really it is. is. I'm not saying it's not serious. I'm not saying don't take it seriously. I'm saying calm the hell down. Well, my, my good friend's wife works in the medical field, and she basically, and luckily she happens to be off on maternity leave right now. Oh. But she, um, with all this going on, but she basically said, she's like, man, I wish people would take the flu more seriously. Yeah. Because the flu kills tens of thousands every year. She's like, if people reacted this way with average the flu Average of 14,000 every year. She's like, we, we can save lives. That's you know? just in America. Yeah. I mean, so anyways... Uh, take those universal precautions. Whatever your the guidelines, yeah. your job is. Wash your you, damn just, hands. Just go along with it. Um, if you do get sick, there's programs coming down mm -hmm. the lines. Um, there's. I'm hoping um, for first responders and stuff like that. People are on the front lines. I'm hoping that they take this illness. If you get sick, that they automatically just consider it a um, presumptive. Yeah, it's presumptive. Yeah, right? it, so, it, yeah, and you know. So I had I that conversation yesterday. Yeah, with I think somebody. that's coming down the line. So I, it should. It should. All right, folks. Um, this is Serving the Peace. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to send hate mail to Josh, it's I have pimples on my butt at compuserve.com. That's I have pimples on my butt at compuserve.com. Uh, if you want to email me, DTP at USA.com. CompuServe? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bye. The Eastern world, it is exploding, violence flaring. Bullets loading, you're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me over and over and over.
Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me. Sitting here, just contemplating. I can't twist the truth. It knows no regulation. Handful of senators don't pass legislation. And marches alone can't bring integration. When human respect is disintegrating, this whole crazy world is just too frustrating. And you tell me. China, then take a look around to Selma, Alabama. You may leave here for four days in space, but when you return, it's the same old place. The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace. You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace. Hate your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace and tell me. 